Faith, Hope and Love, Episode 350, The Sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Well, here we are at Episode 350 of this podcast of the Mass, now into our sixth year. I started recording this series on October 1st, 2016, and now we're up to the grand episode number 350. We've made additions and improvements to the quality over the years, both sound-wise and musically, and we've also been blessed by the addition of a second voice for the wonderful readings and prayers of intercession. And most wonderfully, God's beautiful and nourishing word is truly such a blessing and a joy to proclaim and to reflect upon each week. We are truly blessed to be, as the reading says this weekend, like trees planted beside the flowing waters. The poor tree planted beside the running stream is rich indeed. And that wonderful line, like the tree planted near flowing water that thrusts its roots into the stream, when the heat comes it feels no alarm, its foliage stays green. It's a beautiful and restful image. It's what we're all called to become, people who are focused on God, brought into union with the Lord, finding God as our centre, our balance, our focus, and drawing our life and meaning from the river of life. God is the source of all nourishment and refreshment, and staying focused, knowing what is life-giving, and also knowing what's a dead end, and living in that knowledge always. This weekend, as we listen to God's word, as we plant ourselves, so to speak, beside that flowing and renewing water of God's word, the gospel today says, happy are those who are spiritually poor, happy the oppressed, and woe to those who are comfy and cosy. Luke's version of this proclamation spells out that God intends to turn earthly standards and values on their head. The poor, the oppressed, the needy, These are the first in God's values and concerns. So God is preparing us for a different way of thinking in order to engage us in a different way of acting and living as well. Sometimes us modern listeners can miss some of the subtlety of Christ's message. For example, it does at first glance look like this gospel is saying that anyone who's well-off or wealthy is coming in for an enormous serve. But we have to remember that Luke's gospel especially was addressed to influential, wealthy and powerful people in the Gentile community. Luke is not collecting an orderly account of Christ's life and teaching, as he describes it, in order to bash powerful and influential people from here to kingdom come. The whole gospel is an invitation to all people, rich or poor, influential or powerless, to become willing members of the kingdom, to be full participators in God's kingdom. A kingdom where values are reshaped and a new way of relating is formed. Luke is inviting the influential and powerful to have a new mindset and a new heart. Luke encourages his readers and listeners to use their influence, their position and their good fortunes to keep in mind their brothers and sisters whom Christ loves just as much and spent so much of his life and ministry helping the poor and the needy. There's another beautiful quote I stumbled across. The one who loses wealth loses much, but the one who loses the spirit loses everything. It's good to adjust and recalibrate our priorities, our resources and values, keeping them connected to the source of lasting meaning, God and God's offer of eternal life. 
The source of all life, all meaning, and all lasting value is, of course, God. All that's lasting, love, compassion, connection with God, and union with one another as one family in Christ, these elements are a life-giving stream that sustains us and directs us in good times and in bad. I was reading a quote from a person who wrote down thoughts about their life as they faced their final illness. The writer was a person by the name of Lee Atwater. He sadly died at a very early age from a brain tumour. He had been a man who had amassed enormous wealth and power and prestige in his short life, but admitted himself that he felt a deep inner restlessness and a poverty of spirit despite that success and wealth. He writes, In my illness, I discovered insight into what was missing in society, and it was indeed missing in me too. A little heart and a lot of brotherhood. We must speak to this spiritual vacuum that lies at the heart of our society, he wrote. Which is a timely reminder. What are some of the dead-end roads that we're tempted to drive down in our lives? What things do I put my energy and time into that are not life-giving, that are not lasting, in comparison with the eternal waters offered by Jesus? Let's be aware and prayerful about the things that give us lasting life and satisfaction, and the things also that sap our energy and leave us empty. Our Lord can show us how to put ourselves near that flowing water, to renew, to reconnect us to the true source of life, Christ himself. This is Faith, Hope and Love. My protector, O God, a mighty stronghold to save me. For you are my rock, my stronghold. Lead me, guide me, for the sake of your name. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello everyone, welcome as we gather to ponder with reverence God's word and sacrament. My brothers and sisters, we've gathered to celebrate the Holy Eucharist, so let's first pause and reflect upon our sins so as to rejoice in God's loving mercy. Lord Jesus, you came to gather the nations into the peace of God's kingdom. Lord, have mercy. You come in word and in sacrament to strengthen us and make us holy. Christ, have mercy. You will come again in glory with salvation for your people. Lord, have mercy. 
may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God. Let us pray to be fashioned by God's grace. O God, who teach us that you abide in hearts that are just and true, grant that we may be so fashioned by your grace as to become a dwelling pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the one who trusts in mere mortals and makes mere flesh their strength whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when relief comes, but shall live in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. That person shall be like a tree planted by water sending out its roots by the stream. It shall not fear when heat comes, and its leaves shall stay green. In the year of drought, it is not anxious, and it does not cease to bear fruit. The Word of the Lord Happy are they who hope in the Lord. 
Happy indeed is the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor lingers in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of scorners, but whose delight is the law of the Lord, and who ponders his law day and night. He is like a tree that is planted beside the flowing waters, that yields its fruit in due season, and whose leaves shall never fade, and all that he does shall prosper. Not so are the wicked, not so, for they, like winnowed chaff, shall be driven away by the wind. For the Lord guards the way of the just, but the way of the wicked leads to doom. Happy are they who hope in the Lord. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. If Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have died in Christ have perished. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia. 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 Rejoice and be glad. Your reward is great in heaven. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord A paradox, by dictionary definition, is 
a seemingly contradictory statement that is nevertheless true. In today's Gospel, Jesus' statements are paradoxical. They seem contradictory, but they're true. The poor are blessed, he says, but the rich are unfortunate. Now, given today's economic conditions, we would have said just the opposite. The rich are fortunate, but the poor, and we always put ourselves in that category, are not. We would have said it because that's our experience, both in our own circumstances and in the world around us. The rich seem to get richer and the poor get poorer. We say it, but not Jesus. He blesses the poor and curses the rich. And as if that wasn't bad enough, Jesus goes on to add other paradoxes. Nobody likes to be hungry, sad or hated, but Jesus calls fortunate people the ones who find themselves in these circumstances. Ours is a religion of paradoxes, and the ultimate paradox is Jesus himself. He made himself poor in order to enrich us. As Paul says, he made himself sin in order to save us. He died in order to enter his glory and bring us life. And there are the continuing paradoxes that should mark our pilgrimage of faith. We must die to ourselves so that Jesus can fill us with his life. We must suffer dryness of spirit before God will refresh us. We must recognize the hand of a good God amid the world's evil. And finally, we must die in order to live. Why so many paradoxes? The paradoxical Jesus and his blessings and curses are personal paradoxes of death and life, of pain and glory. The answer is in the one word Jesus uses in today's Gospel, and that word is now. The rich are consoled now. The full are satisfied now. Those who laugh are happy now. What Jesus curses is not their riches or their satisfaction or their laughter, nothing wrong with them and themselves, because they're the very rewards he promises to those who are now hungry and poor and sorrowful. What Jesus is attacking is the short-sightedness of people who live only for now. Their curse is that they have no future because they do not believe in a future. They're condemned to an eternal present. In a sense, they're cursing themselves. Jesus is merely pointing out their awful condition. Now is their only horizon, and their selves are their prison. Now people must be selfish people, and they do not even possess fully those selves upon which they lavish so much time and energy. There is a prophetic anger in Jesus' words, almost as if our stupidity upsets him. He must use strong language to shake us out of this complacency. He's asking us to wake up before it's too late, before the future comes, and reveals how tattered our riches, how shallow our satisfaction, and how hollow our laughter. Learn the poverty that God will enrich. Do not be so filled with self that there's no room for God. He suggests that we taste the hunger that God will satisfy. Do not stifle the desire that drives you to reach for Him, and experience the bitter sorrow of our human condition which Jesus shared. Do not turn your back on those who suffer. Do not ignore the evils in our midst. If you do these things, you will be happy indeed. So today we're asked to give to the poor, the hungry, the weeping, and the despised in our midst. Not because they are deserving, even though they might be, and not because we'll feel good about it, even though we might, not because we'll get a spiritual reward, even though we probably will, 
but to give because chances are we will never see the good that comes from it. To give because it may even go to somebody who we might consider undeserving. To give just because it is the thing that the disciple of Christ is called to do. These Beatitudes, as these sayings have become known, are not prescriptions for becoming poor or hungry or sad or afflicted. They are addressed to those who are already involved in committing themselves to the kingdom. And they give instances of what happens when the kingdom arrives in this broken world. They speak of the variety of experiences that people go through as a result of getting involved in God's way of doing things. They are the promise that God can handle the poverty, the hunger, the tears and the rejection. They are the promise that God can handle all these things and lift people out of them. They are the reminder that God is not committed to keeping his people at a level of being hurt and wounded, but rather they are a vision of a God who reverses tragedy. And that is the good news that he's come to bring. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. We come together in gratitude for the healing power of God and God's deep compassion for each and every one of us. We join in praying now for all who need healing and salvation. For the whole church, may it bring a joyful message of hope to all humanity. Lord, hear us. For all who strive to uphold civil peace, may they be guided by God's wisdom. Lord, hear us. For the needy, May they experience God's care for them through the love of their Christian neighbours. Lord, hear us. For those who have died recently, for those whose anniversaries occur at this time, for all who have been called to their eternal reward, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Lord, your loving kindness is without limit. Have compassion on all who call on your name. We pray with and through Jesus our life and redemption. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands. 
it will become for us the bread of life. By the mystery of this water and wine, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. With humble and contrite heart, may we be accepted by you, O Lord, and may our sacrifice in your sight this day be pleasing to you, Lord God. Wash me, O Lord, from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. May this oblation, O Lord, we pray, cleanse and renew us, and may it become for those who do your will the source of eternal reward. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you laid the foundations of the world and have arranged the changing of times and seasons. You formed man in your own image and set humanity over the whole world in all its wonder, to rule in your name over all you have made and forever praise you in your mighty works through Christ our Lord. And so with all the angels we praise you as in joyful celebration we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dew fall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me.
the mystery of faith. Save us, Saviour of the world, for by your cross and resurrection you have set us free. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, and Mark, our Bishop, and his assistant, Ken, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection. And all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours, for ever and ever. Amen. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. May this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to us who receive it. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me by this most holy body and blood from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me be parted from you. 
Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. May the body of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. May the blood of Christ keep me safe for eternal life. They ate and had their fill, and what they craved the Lord gave them. They were not disappointed in what they craved. A prayer for spiritual communion in union with all those who are unable to physically receive communion at this time. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you in my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Body of Christ. Amen. The Blood of Christ. Amen. Let us pause for a time of quiet post-communion prayer and reflection. What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, 
may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. Let us pray. Having fed on these heavenly delights, we pray, O Lord, that we may always long for that food by which we truly live. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks again for joining us in this time of celebration and worship of God. May God's love, strength, mercy and compassion guide you all this week. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Yeah.